Welcome to the America's Workforce Radio Podcast, the flagship production of the American Workers Radio and Podcast Network, where organized labor and its never-ending fight to protect the rights of the American worker come first. Now, presented by LIUNA, Laborers International Union of North America, here's your host, Ed Flash Ferens. Biden sports a UAW t-shirt. More pressure on Tesla. A strike in Las Vegas averted. And today on the show, we kick off Apprenticeship Week with the Insulators. And later in the show, the North Shore Federation of Labor. Welcome to the Monday, November 13th edition of America's Workforce, where we are available on at least five platforms. That includes Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and Pandora. Yes, today marks the beginning of the ninth annual National Apprenticeship Week. In this year's theme, Registered Apprenticeship, Super Highway to Good Jobs. And it's all to reflect the prominence, and I mean prominence, that registered apprenticeships have received as a proven and industry-driven training model that expedites the pathway into good jobs and also improves diversity, equity, inclusion, and accessibility to the workplace. And each day, they uh, concentrate on a different topic. Today, it's Registered Apprenticeship for Youth. Tomorrow, Registered Apprenticeship in New and Emerging Industries. And then on Wednesday, they're going to target underserved populations. Thursday, women in Registered Apprenticeships. And on Friday, for veterans and federal employees. So there's a different focus each and every day. Today, our guest is Sam Tafoya, and Sam is the Assistant National Administrator for the Insulation Industry International Apprentice and Training Fund. That's a mouthful. 20 years as an insulator. Sam started in Las Vegas. This was a local 135. Then he transferred to Seattle, local 7. That was the beginning of 2017. He was an apprenticeship instructor in both of those locals, and he traveled the country for about five to six years during and after the recession. He'll talk about that. He was offered a job with the International, started part-time in the beginning of this year, and moved to uh, full-time in April. And his position, which is pretty new, assistant national administrator, he is the first person to hold this new position to help the national administrator in the training efforts of their membership. So uh, we'll talk about apprenticeship week. We'll talk about the insulators and the importance of getting involved in a program because we say this on the show all the time. It is a pathway to the middle class. No doubt about that. Linda Cosimo will be joining us later in the show on behalf of the North shore AFL CIO Federation of labor. This is the organized voice for 85 thousand working people from nearly 150 local unions in northeastern Ohio. We'll talk about uh, what happened at the polls last week, voter turnout, issues one and two. And Len is also president of the American Federation of Musicians, Local 4, and he's a happy camper because the Cleveland Orchestra and its musicians have agreed on a three-year labor contract that includes a one-time $5,000 agreement ratification bonus for each of their members. How about that? The deal 
takes effect immediately and runs through the 2025-2026 season. In addition to the bonus, the musicians will get a 4% increase in minimum weekly compensation this season, followed by 3% increases in the remaining two years of the contract. In return, musicians will contribute more to health care premium costs each and every year. And get this, for the first time ever, the musicians were represented in the talks by an all-female orchestra committee. How about that? I'm sure Len will have some comments on that as well. So Linda Cosimo will be our second guest right here on America's Workforce. Now, a brief look into the world of labor. This segment brought to you by Boyd Watterson Asset Management. $17 billion in assets under advisement, serving the needs of Taft-Hartley funds, corporations, public funds, endowments, foundations, as well as religious organizations. In Sweden, workers are adding pressure to the first ever Tesla strike. Dock workers promise to expand their blockade of Tesla shipments to all ports in Sweden starting this week. Also, electricians say they would stop servicing Tesla charging stations. IF Mittal, which represents Tesla's mechanics, have said it believes Tesla is bringing in new workers to replace striking mechanics, but... Other Swedish workers recognize this strike as crucial for maintaining the Swedish labor model. Head of the uh, Swedish Transport Workers Union explained, if we let this go, it puts a crack in the whole system. That's one to watch, no doubt about that. Meanwhile, President Biden took off his blazer, this was uh, last Thursday, and pulled up a red UAW t-shirt over his uh, button down. This was in Belvedere, Illinois. That's the city that's going to get that plant. That plant was originally slated to close. Now they're going to have 1,300 jobs there. Speaking to auto workers, the president touted the union's success in negotiating with auto companies, and he told the crowd, I want this type of contract for all auto workers, and I have a feeling The UAW has a plan for that. Yes, they do. Kaiser Permanente healthcare workers have ratified a new four-year contract. This follows a significant strike. Strike began October 4th, involved about 75,000 healthcare employees, making it the largest strike in U.S. healthcare history. The union reached a tentative agreement with the company on the 13th of October, And the deal has now been ratified with almost all of the union members voting in favor. That's pretty significant. Also, three Las Vegas casino companies have reached labor deals with the city's most powerful hospitality workers union, thus ending the threat of a strike in one of the nation's hottest tourist destinations. Culinary Workers Union, Local 226, said it reached a new five-year contract agreement with Wynn Resorts Limited. The deal means 5,000 workers won't walk off the job, joining another 30,000 workers for Caesars Entertainment and MGM Resorts, which also reached labor packs with the union last week. The uh, union has not disclosed the details of the agreement, but has said they include the largest wage increases ever offered. In a statement on Friday, the group said the win agreement includes new technology safeguards, workload reductions for room attendants, and 
extended recall rights in the event of another pandemic or economic crisis. Also, the deals mandate daily room cleaning, which was a top priority of the union to protect jobs after many hotels ended the practice during the pandemic. I talked about this on the show a couple of times. I know some very prestigious hotels, Hilton for one, cleaning the rooms every three days. I mean, they're charging like four or $500 for a room. You would expect it to be clean every day. More to the story here after seven months of talks. We are proud to say that this is the best contract and economic package we have ever won. That comment from Ted Papa George, the union secretary treasurer. We had Ted on the show a couple weeks back talking about uh, what was happening there. The uh, three companies raced to agree on a new contract ahead of a Formula One Grand Prix scheduled to begin Thursday and expected to bring 100,000 visitors and generate about $1.3 billion in economic activity. Las Vegas is also scheduled to host the Super Bowl in February, which will rake in another $500 million. The dispute was months in the making with workers laboring under expired contracts at 18 resorts on the Vegas Strip, including the MGM Grand, Bellagio, and Caesars. The uh, standoff was the latest in a series of high-profile labor disruptions from Hollywood to Detroit, where workers sought to flex newfound leverage from the tight labor market to get better deals than they could in recent years. And yes, that is happening in all parts of organized labor. All right, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, Sam Tafoya will be joining us to kick off National Apprenticeship Week right here on America's Workforce. You're listening to America's Workforce with Ed Flash Ferens. It takes Lyuna to build North America's infrastructure. From roads and bridges to schools and skyscrapers, the men and women of Lyuna, the Laborers International Union of North America, build the projects we depend on. From constructing the Freedom Tower on the site of the former World Trade Center to untangling Washington, D.C.'s congested interstate, Lyuna members do the work that matters. Find out what it takes to be built by Lyuna at lyuna.org. That's liuna.org. The Ironworkers Great Lakes District Council, consisting of eight ironworker local unions in West Virginia, Pennsylvania, Ohio, and Michigan. We build the skylines and bridges along the Great Lakes. With more work than ever before, the Great Lakes District Council is actively searching out the next great ironworker. Whether it's building the next Intel plant or constructing a bridge to safely connect our great cities along the lake. So join the Ironworkers Great Lakes District Council today. Find out how and learn more about the council by visiting IWDistrictCouncil.com. America's Workforce is brought to you in part by the International Federation of Professional and Technical Engineers. You can find more at IFPTE.org. America's Workforce is sponsored in part by Boyd Watterson Asset Management, LLC. Find out more about our investment solutions tailored to meet the needs of Taft-Hartley funds at voidwaterson.com. America's Workforce is brought to you in part by the Heat and Frost Insulators Labor Management Cooperative Trust. Find out more at insulators.org forward slash LMCT. A great union requires a reliable election system. 
Survey and Ballot Systems is a trusted election partner with more than 30 years of expertise in managing union elections. By partnering with SBS, your union can ensure it gets an auditable process and a high level of customer service. SBS is here to help you conduct your union vote securely, transparently, and with trust building always in mind. Visit SurveyAndBalladSystems.com to learn more. America's Workforce is brought to you in part by the United Steelworkers. You can find more at USW.org. Now, back to Ed Flash Ferrance with America's Workforce. And don't forget, you can check us out on Facebook or follow us on Twitter or X. That would be AWF Union Podcast. AWF Union Podcast. Let's go to uh, Seattle, Washington right now. And joining us on our live line today, this is National Apprenticeship Week. So what we're doing is checking in with uh, various trades to see how their apprenticeship programs are doing. Today, we're going to focus on the heat and frost insulators. And joining us is Sam Tafoya. Sam is the Assistant National Administrator for the Insulation Industry International Apprentice and Training Fund. And we're going to talk about training future insulators in the United States of America. We like that. Make a lot of money and also preserve our environment. We talk about this a lot with Pete Almini on behalf of the Labor Management Trust when it comes to mechanical insulation and all that is posted on awfpodcast.com. Sam Tafoya, am I pronouncing your name correctly, sir? Yes, sir, you are. Very good. Well, I was reading earlier, 20 years as an insulator. Let's start there. I know you started in Las Vegas at Local 135. What made you decide to go into this line of work? Was there family considerations, maybe a dad, an uncle, or tell me the story. It's all yours, Sam. <laughs> right on. Um, almost family. I've, I've, I've got some really good friends that were uh, apprentices at the time. So uh, a friend of mine, Chris, that I went to high school with, uh, when I was living in Southern California is where I grew up. We went to high school together, and um, him and his uh one of his brothers were living out in uh, Las Vegas, and they kind of fell, fell into it, uh, found somebody that was in their trade, um, you know, sharing by word of mouth, and um, him and his brother Larry got in the trade together. So for the next two years, for their first, as they were apprentices during their first and second year apprenticeship, as they would come home and visit uh, us in California and come and hang out on the weekends, um, you know, they would often talk about work. Um, people they work with, uh, how different it was from, you know, office jobs and uh, retail jobs and just different things. So we, we heard about it for about two years. And, um, and I say we because um, one of their other brothers, um, Matt, uh, me and him decided we were going to move out to Vegas and get a job as a helper. And initially it was going to just be a summer thing, uh, mm-hmm. get a job as a helper, uh, make some uh, good money. And um, so we did that. We, we picked up and we, we moved out there. Um, took a little while to, to get in. You know, you don't get all the ins and outs. Uh, moved there around uh, November of probably like 2001 or something. And it wasn't until March, uh, April, March, somewhere around there of 2002 that we were able to turn in our applications and uh, were actually able to get a, an, an interview and then ultimately got hired in as, as apprentices. So um, from there, it, it just began, uh, 2002. And at the time, they were a four-year apprenticeship program in Las Vegas. Uh, now they've moved to a, a five-year apprenticeship 
program because some some programs are four, some are five throughout the country. But um, so I did my apprenticeship there. Uh, long story short, I did my apprenticeship uh, there. Uh, I uh, journeyed out after four years, uh, ran some some jobs in Vegas, some big jobs, some small jobs. Um, and during when the uh, turn in the economy happened, um, I was able to take um, the skills that I had learned. There was work somewhere, and um, I just decided to travel. And so I kind of started a, a, a career as a traveler, traveling journeyman, and I went where the work was. And um, fortunately for me, that showed me places in the country I've never been. Um, I've, I learned a lot on the road because you, you work with people that do the same thing, but everyone does something different. Um, and I've been able to bring those skills home and uh, improve what I do and hone my skills and share the best of what I've learned with, with my apprentices. And um, in doing so, I, I, I got to the point where I, I ultimately thought that, you know, I, I might need to do something different. I couldn't just travel for the rest of my life. Um, so I, I was, you know, am I going to do something different or am I going to relocate? Because at the time we were, we were hit pretty hard in Las Vegas. And uh, so I, I ultimately put my letter in for transfer into Seattle. And um, fortunately for me, they accepted me and I was able to, to transfer. So after about six years of traveling, I transferred into Local 7. Uh, they welcomed, welcomed me with open arms and um, kind of started my, my, my career over there. You know, you don't know anybody. You don't have a name for yourself. You, you know a few people. Um, the local there is, is about twice as big as Las Vegas ever was. Las Vegas got up to about 200 members, and uh, Seattle's uh, floating between four and 500. So um, all you can do is, is do good work, show up to work and, and do good work. And um, if you can do that, it kind of there's really not much stopping you if you can do those two things. And uh, for me, fortunately, it just was good. You know, I work for good people, and. Um, as a as a traveler, I was showing apprentices there in Seattle what 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 to do, what how I knew how to do things, and I was approached to um, come to the school and teach a few classes, and uh, that kind of got my foot in the door at the school. And when an opportunity arose to um, become an instructor there, I started uh, teaching uh, in in local seven. So I've spent the last four years uh, outside of uh, my new position here with the international. Spent uh, the last four years teaching uh, full time in Seattle, and I've got um, under my belt at uh, 135, I've probably got about four or five years teaching at a part-time capacity, and uh, so I've spent a lot of time around apprentices, um, you know, I, I learn a lot from them, and I'm, I'm just always eager and excited to share what I know. And, That's uh, great. Yeah. The traveling part, five to six years of travel, that, that's a lot there. Did you travel all around the country or, or mostly in the, the western part of the country? I, I traveled all around the country. Um, it's, I share a lot of my travel stories with my apprentices. Uh, they, they tend to only hear the good, and usually what you hear is uh, people like to travel because the money's great. Uh, what you don't hear is... You know, you're now paying your mortgage or rent, possibly, where you um, are coming from. Mm -hmm. And uh, you're no longer sleeping in your bed and, and have all the things that you know and are, are used to around you and that uh, comfortability factor. Uh, you get on the road and you don't know what's on the other end. Um, a lot of people travel across country and, and end up in a position where they can't even hire in. And uh, it's just a, it's, it's a long way to go. So it was, yeah. it was kind of a leap of faith. 
Uh, my, the first time I traveled, I was I was working on my car unemployed on a, a Sunday, I believe it was, Monday morning. And I got a call from my uh, business manager at the time, uh, our business agent, I'm sorry, uh, and, and asked if I could be in Buffalo, New York, you know, on, on Tuesday, I think is what he, what he had said. And, and I started packing up the car. I told him, I said, I'm not sure. Let me let me pack up what I'm doing. Let me probably borrow some money and let me let me figure out the logistics of it. And within a couple hours, I, I had a, a travel partner coming with me, uh, figured out some money. I took a loan out from one of my best friends and um, started driving. So it took us three days to get there, got there on a Wednesday. I think I had <laughs> $8 left to my name maybe. Um, it, it, it was quite the, quite the journey, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but um, for the fortunate to have a, a trade, a skill that I learned that I could go anywhere in the country and, um, and, and do what I do. So I just continued to, to go where the work was. And so my first, very, very first travel trip, was about as far as I could go. Buffalo, New York from Las Vegas. Yeah. That's, that's a haul. You know, it's funny (laughs) you mention that. I say that on the show so many times. The one thing about the trades, you learn a trade. Nobody can take that away from you. Nobody can outsource that job. You have that job for life, no matter where you go in the country. That that's cool. That's a cool story. Yeah. I imagine you should think about, you know, writing all this stuff down. This could be an interesting, uh, interest. It could even make a short movie, you know, how, yeah, I, how, yeah. how I became an assistant national administrator for the heat and frost insulators. That would be an interesting yeah, exactly. take right there. I, you know, I, I don't, I, I, it's not nothing I ever set out for. It's just, it's something that, um, you know, I've, I'm always just in front of the right people, I guess, you know, and I want to say lucky. Uh, I don't want to say blessed. I just, just, I continue to go and go to work every day. And, and, and not even do my best. I just, I just go to work and put forth an effort. And if you can do those things, it's, it's everything's in front of you, you know? Yeah. And I just, just continue to amaze myself on, on what I've learned, uh, what I've learned and, and, and how far I've come. And, um, I'm just scratching for more and more all the time. Well, well, the traveling obviously helped you as an instructor because when you go to different cities, you 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 meet different people, you find different ways, you talk to uh, a number of instructors in those cities. Maybe they do it a little bit different in Vegas versus Seattle versus Buffalo, but it's all part of what you're doing now as assistant national administrator. So that that title that you have, right? What what does that actually entail, Sam? Okay, so it, it's it's a it's a the position itself is a mouthful, you know, assistant national administrator to the insulation industry international apprenticeship and training fund. It's just so much. Um, my my boss John Stahl is the international coordinator. To put put make a long story short to just put it short, and I would just consider myself an assistant to to the coordinator. Um, I I help him in the things that you know we, we, he has a vision. And I, I, he now has, with, with the hiring of me, he has somebody who can, he can task with that work, you know. So as he's out there traveling a ton, going to, to different locations, trying to figure out how the, the training fund can help that, that, that location um, uh, or jurisdiction or, or you know, um, he, he now has somebody that, you know, I work, I work from home. He can call me and say, hey, Sam, I need you to work on this. And, and it's it's an ever growing list of things and none of them, some of them can be done in two hours. Um, some of them are, are going to take years, 
and it's just I'm glad that I'm now part of his team is bigger and I'm part of that team and uh, I'm excited to, to to do more and just to help. I was an apprentice. I know what apprentices need. Um, I'm new to the international, so it's not like it's been 20 years since I've been in the field. Um, I, I have a good, strong connection to, to people who are still in the field, people who are still traveling, um, apprentices all over the country, um, and, and, I, and I don't want to lose that connection. Yeah. It's interesting. So you're working a lot from home now. In the meantime, your past life was traveling all around the country. Boy, how things change. <laughs> they yeah. really change. Yeah. Sam Tafoya joining us on our live line today. And this is part of National Apprenticeship Week that we're celebrating here on America's Workforce. Sam serves as Assistant National Administrator. National website for the heat and frost insulators is insulators, and that's plural, dot O-R-G. lot of information there on joining an apprenticeship program anywhere you are in the country they're there we'll continue the conversation with sam right after this this is america's workforce it takes liuna to power north america with affordable energy the men and women of liuna the laborers international union of north america have the skills needed to build and maintain oil natural gas nuclear solar and wind projects that are shaping america's energy future from new energy tech to retrofitted facilities, Liuna members do it all. Find out what it takes to be powered by Liuna at liuna.org. That's liuna.org. Are you an experienced mechanical insulator looking to take your career to the next level? Insulators Local 50 in Central Ohio has steady work for a number of years. Insulators Local 50 offers a total wage and benefits package that can't be beat. It's not just the competitive wages. Local 50 also provides medical, vision, and dental insurance with no paycheck deductions for you and your family. Don't miss out on the chance to secure your future. Join us at Insulators Local 50. Earn great pay and the best benefits. Visit insulators50.com forward slash AWF50 to fill out the online form and a local 50 representative will call to begin the process. America's Workforce is brought to you in part by the United Auto Workers. Find more at uaw.org. This segment of America's Workforce is brought to you by Survey and Ballot Systems. SBS has been providing unions with secure and flexible election options for over 30 years. Visit surveyandballotsystems.com to learn more. America's Workforce is brought to you in part by the International Brotherhood of Teamsters, where you can find more at teamster.org. There is unity and strength for workers. We are the USW. We are the USW. The, the United, United Steelworkers. Steel the largest industrial union in North America. We represent 850,000 members in, in the, the U.S., US Canada, Canada, and the, the Caribbean. Caribbean. We work in metals, rubber, chemicals, paper, oil refining, atomic energy, and the service sector. We are steel workers, standing strong and fighting for what's right. This portion of the show brought to you by the International Union of Bricklayers and Allied Craft Workers. For more information, please visit BACweb.org. Now, back to America's Workforce. Here's Ed Flash Ferens. And remember, you can check us out on at least five platforms. That includes Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and Pandora. And when you get an opportunity, here's what you do. Just sign up, receive our shows on a regular basis, and give us a rating. We always appreciate 
those five-star ratings. So please keep them coming. And thank you for listening to America's Workforce. Because of you, this podcast has grown dramatically in 2023. Now in the top 1% of all podcasts in the world. And there's 2 million podcasts in the world. So we're very appreciative of that. By the way, this next segment brought to you in part by the United Labor Agency, where you can find more at ulagency.org. Let's go back to our live line. Joining us from Seattle, Washington today is Sam Tafoya, who serves as Assistant National Administrator to the Insulation Industries International Apprentice and Training Fund. That is a mouthful, no doubt about that. (laughs) Sam, in this segment, I want to talk about, I guess there's some... um, changes with the curriculum uh, the training has been pretty much uh, book form manuals and now it's going like online i guess they call that an lms a learning management system is this a work in progress did it start all already uh, and maybe you can give us some details on it go ahead sure uh it's definitely a work in progress and i god that's such an understatement it's um it, it's like a, it's just a, it's a grand um, undertaking. Um, I previous to coming uh, to work with the international, I was uh, working at uh, local seven as a uh, full time instructor. And uh, when COVID hit us, we our, our school there at local seven is at a college, and we um, at rented technical college. And the county county we are in and the state we are in were the very first county in Washington and then Washington being the very first state to shut down during COVID. Um, I went to work on a Wednesday, I think it was, and on Wednesday I was going home. And by Wednesday night, I was just told I couldn't return. So I started working from home, um, not knowing if it was going to be a week or a month or, or whatnot, and it ended up being a couple months. So there in local seven, we we got caught. You know, caught, technically, it's kind of like we just got caught with our pants down. We were unable to carry out our apprenticeship training. The state told us that we couldn't have training. Um, if we got, if we did have training, it would be against what their wishes were. We could get in trouble, and um, so it kind of just put a pause. And ultimately, what could have happened was if you were a second year apprentice and you couldn't have your training, even if you were continuously working, um, they wouldn't be able to advance to a third year without those training hours. So we were kind of in a mad dash to try and find a way to have uh, distance learning and carry out distance learning. And, and it was a, it was a learning curve and we really didn't have it figured out. Um, at the point we were able to go back to school, we just decided we weren't going to let this happen to us again. So at a local level, we did our homework and figured out how we can make this happen. So we, we um, subscribed to a, an online LMS so we could put our curriculum online, and if need, if need be, we could deliver the curriculum um, as distance learning. You know, uh, instead of coming in school reading or being in a lecture-type environment, um, students can uh, learn from home. They can read online, do assignments online, and submit stuff. So fortunately, we were able to go back, and um, we've we've continued with the LMS. Uh, it's just we've just put everything online. So instead of opening the book, we we log in on our mobile devices, on computers, or we just put it on the projector. And um, fortunate for me, as the international was working on curriculum, that's just 
something that I had under my belt that made me a, a little more. Um, uh, it made it made it made me fit the the position even just a little bit better. So uh, I was approached by the international um, for this uh, position, and coming in, it's not the only thing I'm working on, but it right now it's a it's a huge portion of what I'm what I'm doing because we've we've got a trade that's over 100 years old. You know, there was there was a time when it was just passed down by word of mouth. You simply learned it on the job. At some point, uh, things were um, written into manuals, and uh, you know, thank God, because we have what we have. But um, a lot of the manuals, uh, some of the manuals, uh, there's sections that are still, they're you know, Xerox copies of of uh, stuff that was written on a typewriter, and you know, it, when it when it got updated, it was a Word document, you know, and P or as a PDF. So these were, you know, big strides at the time. But um, our curriculum, although it hasn't changed, it just needs kind of an overhaul uh, for appearance purposes. Um, things have come a long way, um, just like uh, uh, the tech industry things, you know, buy, buy a, a TV, and in two years they've got something that's twice as good. Well, with the insula in the insulation industry, uh, new insulation products are always coming out. You know, we, we need to make sure that our apprentices know how to use them. Uh, what the what the materials are that they're using, how to use them, how to install them, and I'm uh, just really really fortunate to be a part of that. And um, so now I get to uh, take what my vision, you know, may have been um, that, and and with along with my my coordinator, my boss, and um, now I just get to work on that full time. And when it's actually done, instead of waiting years to update it again, now I will actually be able to keep it up to date um, as a living document. Um, as things change in the middle of the year, I don't have to wait so long for it to, you know, to update it. I can simply add things, and with the LMS, once I hit, essentially hit a button to update, all my training facilities would have an updated curriculum. Um, you know, li literally leave Friday, come in Monday, and there's something new there um, that they could teach from. So it's pretty exciting. How many training facilities are there in the country right now, Sam? Um, so I don't know the exact number. We're, we're right around 85, 90, I believe. I think we've got about 3,500 apprentices total across the country. Um, I think it's something like 35,000 to 40,000 um, members. Mm -hmm. And the reason I the reason I, I include the members, not just the apprenticeships, because the training never stops, and we do have you know a lot of. Uh, continuing education classes that we also um, right, uh, take right. care of. Well, I'm hearing good things about the industry. There's a lot of work out there, and I know there's legislation we address uh, almost every month with Pete Almini, uh, mechanical insulation and making sure that it's used in uh, all the federal buildings, which would really expand the workforce, uh, especially the union workforce here. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's all good. The future is really bright. I just, I have a couple of questions here on this online sure. training though. Um, now is, is there, there's some hands on, I mean, is, is this the start? You mentioned the, the program yeah. was four years and now it's pretty much five years and there's still some <laughs> four year programs, but, uh, how much of it is actually online and, and is, is it a hybrid? Can you, can you explain that part? Sure. Sure. So, uh, so what, it, what the, the beauty of what we've got going on, um, so how, how we were using it or how we still use it right now in Seattle is we put this stuff online so we have 100% ability to have a class without them coming to school. But because we have the ability to come to school, uh, we still do it in school. 
Right. Okay. So um, what it used to be was, you know, you would open a document and you project it onto a big screen inside of a classroom. We would read together or we would go over stuff, whether it be some sort of a PowerPoint or, you know, whatever kind of presentation. It's still the, it can still be delivered the same way. It's just instead of going into your, uh, your, your local hard drive and looking for the Word document and having Word, uh, MS Word open up and, and read through that document, and then now you need to open a PDF, so you got to go search for that. Everything is, is inputted as a file into the LMS, and it's just kind of a more seamless, seamless lesson. So like when you, if you Google something, let's just put it this way. So you Google, Google something um, and you, whatever it is that your website you're looking for, you click on the website. That website is, is, is a, sometimes an ever-scrolling website or it may have links on it. That's how the LMS works. So you could have a 10-page document and have it be a, a one-page web page that scrolls or you can have it just be a, a cover page with links to each page. So the, there's, a, there's infinite possibilities on how you can set it up uh, for the best user experience, you know, the user being the apprentice or whoever it is that's taking the class or course. But um, that's what I'm doing. I'm trying to do all the hard work behind the scenes to give the user the best experience that they can have. Yeah. So I can connect all those links, I can connect pictures, I can put links to um, external websites. You know, maybe I have a, something they don't know. What the, I use a word they don't know what it is. Um, instead of having to have like a glossary of terms at the beginning of a book or at the end, I can simply um, hyperlink it, and when they click on it, it, it goes straight to Wikipedia. You know, it just it just changes the way the lessons can be delivered. And um, so, to to get back to your question, I apologize about the hands-on learning. Um, that, that's going to solely be up to each uh, individual local. So out of all those training facilities, I'm, I'm providing them the book work, what they have to read about the whatever it is they're going to do. Um, yeah. You don't dictate how they show them how to do it, and everybody uses different tools to do that. Um, but I'm there, if somebody doesn't have that, I'm there to provide that, you know. But... Um, the, the, the hands-on is, is whatever the training facility is going to do. And right now, it's still 90% hands-on. So all we did was take the book from a physical book and put it online. You more or less built the foundation for this. And do you, real, do you realize you're in like a power position? Now, you're doing this from your home, and all, all the locals have this information on their desktops. Am I, am I hearing this correctly? That's how it will be when it is all finished. Um, anybody, anybody with the, um, LMS app on their phone can, we, we have students who, who they follow what we're reading on their cell phone. Yeah. Um, some bring in tablets, some bring in computers and some of them don't open a device. They just watch it on the board as we talk. So it's, it's the same thing as everybody, you know, turn to page 10 and everybody does it, or you can just listen to somebody who's reading. Um, it's, it's very, uh, I, I think it's enjoyable. It's, it's done a lot for my, my local. It's done a lot for me. I've learned so much. Uh, we've got a hundred apprentices and we've got a large, uh, apprenticeship and, um, it's, it's done wonders for them. They can go back to that at any time. You know, if they're on the job, they got to open their phone to see how to do something. They don't need to make a phone call and have me fax them something or, you know, copy something and go run for a printer. It's all at their fingertips. Yeah. 
You're showing your age there. Faxing, huh? You're still doing that? <laughs> 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 oh, Sam, you've been a wonderful interview. I really, uh, I really learned a lot on this. One more question. One more question sure. before uh, you go here. Uh, accepting this, I'm, I'm sure you're getting a lot of feedback on, on what's happening here. And as you pointed out, this is a work in progress, so things are going to change. But so far, it sounds like it's, it's pretty good. Am I hearing that right? It, I, I think it's fantastic. Um, now my, my biggest job is to make something that's user-friendly. Um, you know, no one in my trade ever uh, learned how to um, be computer literate, you know. Um, mm-hmm. and, and everybody that's in the position they were in is because they, they, they may have started as an apprentice or, uh, or as a journeyman. They did a good job, and they advanced. You know, they became a, a – um, uh, uh, start running a job, foreman, general foreman. Um, you may have worked for a shop, um, and, and that's how you move up, you know. And so moving into the positions that, I, that, that they are, that doesn't mean somebody just knows how to use a computer program. So I've got to mm-hmm. make it very user-friendly. Um, I've got to make sure that it's not something that it's overcomplicated, so they just keep using the, the manual, paper manuals. Um, so it's, it's a giant task, and um, what I, if, if everything works out good, um, the way the, the, what I would like to know is a year from now or fast forward to the future, if somebody isn't using it, I just want to know why because it's something that I can change. When an yeah. apprentice isn't getting something that you're trying to teach them, you can't just blame them for not learning what you're trying to teach them. You have to know how to uh, um, alter the way you're delivering that lesson because it's ultimately if they, if they don't learn it, you know, they didn't fail, you did. And so I, that's the way I look at things. It puts a lot on my own shoulders, but that's how it is. And it's, I'm out here now because of the way I think. And so I'm just going to continue to go until it doesn't work for me. I love it. The more you put into the front end, the better results you're going to get on the back end. No doubt about that. Absolutely. Sam Tafola, who is the Assistant National Administrator for the Insulation Industries International Apprentice and Training Fund. National website, too. A lot of information. Insulators, that's plural, insulators.org. Sam, great job today. Appreciate it. And as far as I'm concerned, every week is National Apprenticeship Week because uh, we're growing the show and we're, we're getting ready for the next generation of workers here, and the insulators are a big part of that. So you stay in touch with us, okay, brother? Awesome. Thanks for having me. All right, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, Linda Cosimo on behalf of the North Shore Federation of Labor. This is America's Workforce. More shows available at awfradio.com. It takes Lyuna to keep America running. Over 70,000 public employees are part of Lyuna, the Laborers International Union of North America delivering critical services such as health care and emergency response, as well as maintaining roads and sanitation systems. Even the National Postal Mail Handlers Union, representing over 47,000 U.S. postal workers, is affiliated with LIUNA. Find out what it takes for LIUNA to keep America running at LIUNA.org. That's L-I-U-N-A dot org. 
Hire union musicians. Call Music Talent of Cleveland at 216-881-1802. Call Music Talent of Cleveland as your dependable source for professional musicians in Northeast Ohio. Union musicians add harmony to weddings, elegance to parties, and uplifting music for all events. Music Talent of Cleveland contracts solo and ensemble musicians as well as bands and orchestras for single engagements. So hire union musicians. Call Music Talent of Cleveland today. 216-881-1802. America's Workforce is brought to you in part by the Communication Workers of America. You can find more at cwa-union.org. America's Workforce Radio is sponsored in part by the International Union of Painters and Allied Trades, District Council 6, representing painters, glazers, drywall finishers, and sign and display industry workers. They remind you that belonging to a union is your right as an American. America's Workforce is brought to you in part by the Ironworkers. You can find more at ironworkers.org. Union members need to be heard. Reliable and convenient union voting has never been more important than it is now. Make voting easy for your membership by working with survey and ballot systems. SPS offers encrypted and monitored solutions that ensure your elections are accurate and accessible for every member through mail-in, online, and in-person voting. Visit surveyandballotsystems.com and take the next step in getting secure and auditable elections. America's Workforce is presented by the Labor's International Union of North America. Feel the power right now at liuna.org. Now, back to Ed Flash Ferrens with America's Workforce. And remember, you can check us out on Facebook or follow us on X, formerly known as Twitter. That would be AWF Union Podcast. By the way, this next segment... Brought to you in part by the Ohio Federation of Teachers. You can find more at oh.aft.org. Let's go to line number two right now. Welcome a dear friend, hard worker, man wears many hats. He uh, heads the North Shore Federation of Labor and is also president of the American Federation of Musicians Local 4. And Linda Cosmo is pretty happy. You know why? Because the Cleveland Orchestra approved a new three-year labor agreement, and it's pretty good. The $5,000 bonus got my attention. Len, welcome back to uh, America's Workforce. Talk to me about this contract. Sounds pretty good. Well, thanks, Flash. It's great to be here. Uh, The contract was was a very good settlement for us. We were able to to protect our health care rights and and, um, issues that we have. We were able to improve audition processes, um, touring touring issues when we're overseas, but also, as you mentioned, it, it was nice to get a $5,000 bonus for every musician in addition to um, wage increases that, that came close to addressing inflation over the past two years. So you've been at this game for a pretty long time now. How, how difficult was this to achieve? And I, I, I asked this question because you know what's going on in, in labor circles. I mean... There's a lot of good things happening. The Teamsters, and they finally settled the strike with SAG-AFTRA. Uh, healthcare workers, right. UAW. I mean, you know, people are finally getting what they deserve. Did that pretty much happen in uh, in this situation here? Well, we're all we always feel we're underpaid, Flash. But but we did very good this time. I think a part of it had to do with the makeup of the committee itself. It was the first time we had an all woman committee in any major symphonic negotiation in the country and perhaps in the world 
in 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 some ways that really that really changed the dynamic at the table not to mention that all five of these women were section string players violinists and one violist and it was the string section that brought um the orchestra through the plague performing most of the most of the concerts because of aerosol concerns and health concerns being on stage and I think that pragmatic approach and what they had been through um, really helped the process this time. We should give a, a shout out here to uh, Kathleen Collins. She's the person you were talking about. I guess she's the second violinist there, and she's chair of the orchestra committee. Good stuff. She there. was Good chair stuff. of the orchestra committee. That's right. Um, and all the other ladies, Alicia, Elena, Emma, Isabel, they were wonderful to work with. Um, pragmatic flash. There's nothing like women who have raised children to adulthood on your side in a negotiation. It's a whole new approach. <laughs> Good point. Good point. Well, congratulations to the team there. And it's nice to have a three-year contract. And it's even nicer to yes. have a $5,000 bonus. I like that. Okay, uh, mm. let, let's talk about uh, what happened last week at the polls here. I guess turnout was pretty good. Maybe you have some numbers on that. And I know labor was very much engaged, especially in the in the statewide issues. I'd like to get your uh, get your take on what happened. Right. We, we've been working hard at the, at the North Shore to maintain and increase voter turnout from our success in August at issue one. And, and we were actually able to increase voter turnout here in Cuyahoga County. It was over 40%. Back in August, it was like in the mid thirties, maybe it was 36, 37%. And so that's, that's a very optimistic um, for, for, for what we care about going into 2024. In terms of the issues, it was, it was surprising to see um, both issue one and issue two at the state level basically receive the same amount of support. They're mm-hmm. very two different um, issues uh, of legalization of, of marijuana and and women's health care rights. And, and it brought out a more progressive, more generally favorable towards rights and uh, the, the voter than, than, than the normal. And we, and we want to continue that going into 2024. If, if you don't mind, I want to take a little more time on, on issue one, because uh, as you know, the far right lawmakers, they weren't happy with what happened at the polls. In fact, a, a group no. of them, yeah, a group of them, this was late last week, they even uh, they gathered together and they said that they're going to introduce legislation to take the court's responsibility out of the equation. I mean, we're, we have three different branches of government, as you know, judicial, executive and legislative, and they're supposed to be separate yeah. but equal. But I, they don't like what the courts are doing. Do you think this is just a stunt or they're just and they're playing to their base or what? Does this have any legs in your opinion? This is their this is their method of operation, Flash. They, 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 they don't the, the legislators don't like what the courts said in terms of gerrymandering. Mm-hmm. The legislation doesn't like what the voters uh, wanted in terms of the issues. Um, this is how it works. It's it's another part of the hubris that we see from this political party in this state. And frankly, I think it's not going to work for them anymore. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Next year is going to be politically charged, no doubt about that. All right, yes, let's, uh, let's switch over. I, I would assume you'll be involved in the unsung heroes of the labor movement 
which is going to be the dinner in uh, at the Great Lakes Science Museum. That's going to happen this Thursday, and I'll once again be the master of ceremonies. Uh, you, uh, you are providing the entertainment, I take it? Local 4 is providing the entertainment. We have the David Young Trio. David played many, many years with uh, the Resonators, Michael Stanley's group. And on drums, we have Donnie Iris's drummer, Tommy Rich. He, he was also the, the founder uh, and one of the first people involved with uh, the School of Rock here in Northeast Ohio. Right, right. So we got a great power trio here, and we're going to be, you know, we'll do a Sats will play people on and off when they come, when they come receive their unsung hero awards. It's a great program that the ULA does, and um, seats are still available for this Thursday too. Yeah, I know, I know Tommy from many many years back. I mean, he was with uh, American Noise. It was a great. That's band right. That we used to play. Oh yeah, good stuff. And uh, yeah, I liked what he's done with the School of Rock. Let's uh, let's talk a little bit more uh, about the uh, the musicians' union here. In your opinion, are are we past that stage right now? Are things looking better for for local musicians, union musicians? Things are looking better. Things can still be better. It seems that you know most of the major organizations have bounced back, although there is still concern about ticket sales at Playhouse Square, at the orchestra, at, at houses like this. But for individual itinerant freelance musicians who play uh, our songwriters, our, our wedding bands, things of that nature, are still a little bit behind the eight ball. There's, um, there's more and more of, a, of an increase in demand for itinerant bands to have their own insurance coverage when we feel that you know the venue that they perform in should should be providing that and 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 for solo songwriters and solo musicians or duos it's just as difficult as it was before when you're piecemealing work together like that we want the community to go out and support the local acts as much as they do the national acts yeah yeah well we keep hitting the commercial here on america's workforce so hopefully more people will be hiring union musicians because it's so important that the musicians get well taken care of. I mean, it's been a tough business, tough business from day one, and you want to make sure they're they're getting paid properly, and eventually with the union, you get the right benefits and all that. Well, that's right, and I think that all the things that are happening this past year in terms of Amazon, in terms of the UAW, in terms of the Teamster strike that was settled this summer as well, that one seemed to gotten, gotten gets lost a little bit with the UPS strike. All of that helps every worker. It Amen. really does, and so we're just going to wake up every morning and keep doing the same thing over and over again. That's what we got to do. Every day is a challenge. Linda Cosimo, North Shore Federation of Labor, also president of Local 4 of the American Federation of Musicians. Looking forward to seeing you Thursday. You take care, my brother, okay? Flash, see you soon. All right, that'll be it for another edition of America's Workforce. Tomorrow, the communication workers and the insulators, that would be Local 50. Until then, all of you have a safe and wonderful day. That concludes another episode of the America's Workforce radio podcast. Thanks for listening, and be sure to subscribe so you never miss a show. America's Workforce is a production of Labor Tools and BMA Media Group. Find out more information online at labortools.com.